Hi, welcome to Anime Cons TV. We're your best source for reports and discussions about Anime Cons and other fan conventions. I'm Patrick. Every so often, Anime Cons TV takes a break from our regular episodes to respond to your comments and questions. Starting with this episode, we're bringing back news to the podcast. Uh, we'll use these feedback episodes to also cover the current top convention news story. So let's get right to the news. The top story of the past couple months is the controversy surrounding actor Vic Mignogna. He's recently been accused of unwanted physical advances, rude behavior, and unsolicited physical affection by numerous fellow actors, industry insiders, convention organizers, and convention attendees. As we reported on FanCons.com, Rooster Teeth and Funimation announced that Mignogna would not be cast in any future roles. Almost all convention appearances for Vic Mignogna were canceled. Since we published that news article, Kamiha Khan in Irving, Texas has added Mignogna back to their guest list. Uh, in a report on Enemies News Network, it was revealed that the Kamiha Khan guest contract apparently doesn't contain any clause that allows the convention to cancel a guest's appearance except due to events such as fire, war, event cancellation, weather, or other acts of God. That sort of thing. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, on the evening of March 26th, five guests have canceled their appearances at Kamiha Khan, as well as multiple panelists. Tickets to the convention are non-refundable and non-transferable, leaving many who had purchased a badge after the cancellation of Minyana with no way to get their money back if they no longer wish to attend. This has led some attendees and artists to attempt chargebacks on their credit cards. As a result of all of this, many other conventions are closely examining their guest contracts to make sure that they cover any potential unforeseen circumstances which may be encountered in the future related to guests. Now, as a commentary, I'm not going to get into the whole thing as if he did it or not, but from a convention's perspective, uh, I don't know if Vic had actually threatened legal action uh, to be reinstated to that guest list, uh, but and that's the convention hasn't said one way or the other, but if that's so, and that's what it looks like, uh, then that's likely going to result in future conventions not wanting to book him. Uh, because why would you book a guest that could potentially sue and bring drama uh, when you could literally book anybody else? Yes, Vic has been a big draw in the past, but now there's a lot of controversy that comes with him. And so, it was bad enough before, but now that he has uh, potentially done this legal action, uh, a lot of conventions are just going to look the other way and book other guests. And so that's, that's the, this is a big thing in conventions now, where uh, the whole field has just changed in the last couple months. So this is big news, and uh, we're going to keep following the story as it develops. Now for feedback. Dean Patrick, not me, uh, Dean Patrick wrote, To whom it may concern, can you please email me the top 10 largest anime cons in the U.S. in 2018 based on attendance? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, Go back and watch episode 1101. That was the first one we had this season. Normally, I do list the 10 largest or 
10 or more largest anime conventions in the country, or in North America, for the previous year. But uh, I have reasons I didn't do it this year. Um, part of it was some cons, some larger ones that should be on the list aren't releasing their numbers. Part of it is, is some cons that their numbers may not actually be believable. And uh, so through various sources, that's come to my attention. And so as a result of all of this, I felt, you know, I can't really present an accurate list. So I did not attempt to present a list because I didn't feel it would be accurate. And if I put it out there and say, hey, there's, here's the ranking of the largest ones, it, it wouldn't really be accurate. And so, you know, a convention claiming, hey, we're number six, we're number eight, whatever, it wouldn't be true. And so I didn't put together a list. Plus, there's Anime Expo at the top, and then there's a bunch of other conventions. So it really didn't make much of a difference. I mean, I explain all this in the episode, but that's, that's the TLDR of it. James the Dark Kiba wrote, Dear Anime Cons TV, I'm sad that Patrick discarded the top conventions of the year for 2018 and for cutting back the number of videos that we will be having this year. But I, under I understand his reasons, and I'm still looking forward to them. One of my New Year's resolutions is to simply watch more anime. I've already watched the first eight or nine episodes of Sirius the Jaeger on Netflix, as well as the first six of Mob Psycho 100. Both are pretty awesome series, and I can't wait to watch more. Before I end, I liked what Patrick said about going to smaller cons. What smaller ones would you guys recommend, especially for anime? Thank you all, and I hope that everybody has a happy year to come. Till next time, this is your loyal friend, ally, and fellow otaku, James the White Kiba. P.S. You guys are still going to have your feedback episodes at the end of each month. Well, to answer the last question first, obviously, no, we're not doing the feedback at the end of every month because we only did one episode in January. So we, if we're doing feedback 12 times a year, that would actually be half the episodes for the year. So what we're going to do is do a bunch of episodes and do feedback at the end. So we just did a series of five episodes, and the sixth one in this series is feedback. And uh, sometimes we may do less than six in the series. Sometimes we may do more. I doubt we'll do more than six. But uh, yeah, so after a bunch of episodes, we'll do a feedback. And we'll always let you know, uh, usually at the end of some episodes, when the next feedback episode is, if it's coming up in a week or two. But, you know, just send your feedback in anytime, and we'll read it and uh, may make it in the next feedback episode. Uh, and Jake wrote, Greetings. I was talking with my friend about upcoming conventions, and they told me that Akon in Texas is currently going through some ma major changes. After decades of running as a not-for-profit, they've essentially been taken over by a few people and are now in the process of being turned into a for-profit convention. My friend explained that since the anime convention market is getting so oversaturated and with the size of Akon has risen to over the last decade, it's nearly impossible to run it with a mostly volunteer staff. I do realize that some of the upper staff members are paid. Is this a trend that we will start seeing with other medium to large conventions? Was dropping the not-for-profit not status in exchange for running as a private company good in the long run for any other convention? Well, there's a lot of large conventions that are non-profit or not-for-profit and then there's a lot of large ones that are for-profit and uh, generally size isn't the only indicator of if it's profit or not um, 
Like for example, Enemy Boston is a nonprofit organization. And uh, I think Anime Expo, the Society for uh, Japanese Animation, the SPJA that runs it, it's nonprofit. Uh, but you've also got some large ones. Obviously, the all the Reed Expo ones are for profit. Um, so, it you can still be a large convention like Anime Expo with a volunteer staff. And yes, you can also have a nonprofit where some of the higher ups are paid, like the uh, American Cancer Society. I'm pretty sure their CEO gets paid. <laughs> um, and so. The payment of staff members isn't necessarily an indication of if it's for-profit or not. Because, you know, when you're really big, you actually need somebody to handle stuff full-time. So some of the larger conventions might have a full-time staff member. Uh, for the most part, the anime conventions don't. Um, and, uh, but uh, as, as for the uh, non-profit versus for-profit convention, uh, Generally, in the way they're run, you can't tell just by going to the convention. Um, if if they have branding all over and they do a lot of conventions a year in multiple cities uh, that are all run by this uh, managing corporation, well, that's probably a for-profit enterprise. If they do one convention a year and it's in the same town every time, it's probably non-profit. But at the convention, just by looking at it, it's hard to tell, and so, so that reason, it really doesn't make much difference, at least to the attendees, if it's profit or not. I um, hope that answers your question. And uh, let's see, Luke emailed to say, Hey, I hope you've been doing well. I've been a long-time follower of the podcast, and I've watched almost every episode of the past five years. So I'd like to say thank you for all your uh, informative content. Thanks, Luke. Um, you've given me great advice in the past, especially for my query on how to store autographs in dealer art. Portfolio folders have really helped to organize my collection, so I was hoping you'd be able to give me a bit more. I have a small informal craft business making geeky gifts, and I'll be a vendor at a con for the first time in June. I've sold my items at a Christmas fair at my university where I didn't really need to follow too much legislation. But I really don't know what to expect from a convention, so I was wondering if you could give me any advice on anything I need to do to avoid things going wrong for my con stall. Uh, things such as frames with Lego characters, cushions, and fused bead art and jewelry, by the way. Any help you can give is extremely appreciated. Looking forward to your Gallifrey One review in future episodes. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Gallifrey One review. Uh, we obviously got this email in before then. But, uh, so... Let's see. Yeah, we might do uh, some future episodes on uh, storing uh, some art and other things we get at conventions. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take that suggestion and see where it leads us. Uh, as for how to set up your uh, artist alley, I assume it's an artist alley because you're talking about handmade gifts. Uh, but whether it's artist alley or dealers, uh, you've got some handmade gifts and you want to display them and we could probably do an entire episode on this but basically I'll cover the basics here uh, you're gonna get a table and a space at the convention uh, you want to make sure you know the length of the table so you know how much space you have and one thing if we think we've talked about on some of the artist alley episodes is you can actually measure out the space at home and on your floor and plan out what you're gonna do 
Uh, you'll want to bring a tablecloth or a bed sheet of some kind to cover the table so it looks nice because some of those tables are not great looking. Uh, so you want to present your, your work very well. Uh, and then I, th I think the key is to build up. So don't just have everything flat on the table because it's easy to overlook. At the very least, get some little stands so that you can have stuff uh, facing up, like little book stands. Even if you don't have books, if you get some art or something, you could have it on display facing everybody as they walk by. Uh, another thing a lot of people do is they'll get the wire wall. If you, um, it's like wire cubes and they come in flat sheets and you can assemble them in all sorts of different configurations. They're meant for just, you know, making wire bookshelves or wire, uh, wire closet storage. Uh, and they all hook together. They're all these just square pieces and they go together kind of erector set sort of thing. And you can put them on your table to raise things up and have like little shelves or just uh, have the, the wire wall exposed. And then you can hang stuff from them. So that's a very common way to do it. And there's plenty of other ways to display stuff in Artist Alley. And uh, one of the best things you can do is just go to a convention and look and see what other people are doing and actually talk to them and say, hey, I like your setup. How did you do this? Where'd you get this setup? And uh, we've found some, some great ideas for displaying some of Seth's work, uh, some like little stair tier things that she can put books on and they're all raised up and uh, we've got little display stands for her books and some prints. Uh, so you said you're, uh, this is in June. So hopefully you can find even a small convention near you uh, before then and uh, you know just go check it out see what's there and get some ideas or even watch our old artist alley episodes and i know there's some ideas in that svet's talked about it i think we've had melissa talk about it and uh so yeah look up those episodes and hopefully they they're a help on youtube in response to my praise for small conventions david hunter wrote patrick you brought up some great points about small cons I personally have attended anime conventions ever since I was 16 or 17 years old. Now I'm 41 and I can personally tell you that attendance numbers means nothing about how good a convention is. I've attended small conventions and had a blast. That's true. Some of my favorite conventions have been small conventions and some of my least favorite conventions have been large ones. Mostly because just too many people. You can't, it's so crowded you can't get into things. Uh, and it's, it's fun to be in a panel with a guest and there's an intimate crowd of maybe 30 to 100 people. But when you're in a giant hall and the guest is way up at the front and you have to squint and look, where are they? Oh yeah, and you can't get good photos. I mean, it's great to see that guest, but it's just not as cool as being up close and personal. Small cons are great. Meet a lot of great people at small cons. And uh, so yeah, I recommend checking them out and go with some friends and I think you'll have a good time. They're also cheaper, so I mean, you can't lose. Uh, also, Sparrow777 wrote, I've noticed that food at smaller cons tends to also be cheaper. Either there's a con suite with free or low price stuff, or the venue allows outside food more often or similar. That's true. A lot of small cons will actually provide food for the attendees. This started with sci-fi cons, and they'll do a, a con suite where they put out some snacks and some food. Maybe some of them you can make a sandwich, others, well, you get some chips and soda. Uh, and it might even be off-brand soda, like <laughs> store brand. But 
you know, free food. So yeah, there's perks to smaller cons. And you certainly won't find that at the largest cons because it's, you just can't provide food for thousands of people. It's crazy. Uh, in response to my East Bay Comic Con report, of all things, Joe's Do9, Joe's Do9, it's a weird username. He wrote, you should go to Anime Next. <sighs> okay. Well, you're in luck because I believe Doug is going back to Anime Next. So hopefully we'll get a report from that. We'll see. I think he's tentative. I'm not sure. We also got a voicemail. Let me play this. Please take me off your email list. I'm getting really sick of all your emails. <laughs> off our email list. Uh, we don't have an email list. <laughs> The only time our site actually emails people back, when you sign up for the forums, I think there's a verification email. If you submit a new convention and request a receipt when we've processed it, you will get the receipt, but then that's it. Your email is deleted and we don't email you again after it's processed. And uh, if you write to us and ask us a specific question that requires a response through email, then we'll email you. But we don't have an email list. There's certainly no automated thing that's emailing people. So somebody might have gotten the wrong number. But um, should we have an email list? I don't know. So coming up on Anime Cons TV, we've got seven episodes done for 2019. And we'll be taking a break for a few weeks. Um, we're going to be at Anime Boston. Uh, Doug's going to Star Wars Celebration. And you'll see reports on those. Uh, I think we're all going to be at Anime Boston, though. So if you're at Anime Boston, you can find me in the game showroom most of the time. Uh, and uh, Shiva and Sketch will be helping to judge the masquerade. Doug is press staff. And Elizabeth's going to be wandering around. Uh, Svet and Kaden won't be there. Uh, but because she's working on her new project, which has been announced, it's called Diary, and it's coming out in October, I believe. So you want to check that out. And uh, so we will have reports from Star Wars Celebration and Anime Boston, and uh, we're going to have a whole lot more, but that'll be starting, I think it's the last Monday in April. So we'll start with the Star Wars Celebration report, and then just in time for May the 4th. Um, and then the Anime Boston Report right after that. Uh, so we'll have another feedback episode at the end of our next batch of episodes. So if you have questions or comments on any of the news I talked about or uh, any of the episodes we're doing, please send them in. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave a comment on our videos down here. Uh, while you're there, you should like and subscribe so you don't miss when... Uh, Definitely subscribe so you don't miss our next episode when it comes out at the end of April. And uh, leave us a voicemail. You can call 762-ADEQUATE. That's 762-233-7828. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just leave the voicemail. And you can also text that number. So if you want to send us text messages. Uh, and you can email us at podcast at animecons.tv. And uh, please tell your friends about Animecons TV. New episodes happen on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Uh, they'll, as I said, they'll start at the end of April, so Mondays for a few weeks after that. 
please post about them on Facebook and Twitter. Share and retweet those links so other people learn about the show. And uh, telling your friends is a such an easy thing to do. Really helps us out, and it's free. We don't ask for any money from you guys. We don't monetize these videos. I know a lot of people talking about Vic Mignogna are monetizing the videos and they say controversial things so they can get the clicks. No ads here. We're not making a dime off this. So just tell people about us and uh, it's all we ask. Uh, so if you want to subscribe, of course YouTube subscribes down there somewhere and uh, you can search for Enemy Cons TV on YouTube. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Just go to itunes.animecons.tv and that'll redirect you into iTunes where you can find us. And you can watch on our site at animecons.tv. And uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at P. Delahanty. And uh, we'll see you at the end of April. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Bye.